How you guys doing? God, it's amazing. It's such a, a privilege to be here this morning to come uh, and be able to share a word, to share my heart with you all. So it's awesome. You guys sound kind of quiet. There's no talking. I'm used to crossover. Everybody's talking and you saying hi to each other. I'm being so serious, guys. I feel so lonely up here. Please move up. Yes. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. Let's do it. All right. It's amazing, like I said, to be up here this morning. You know, God has been doing some awesome things in this church. Can't you say that? Do you agree? God is doing amazing things in us and through us. And and it's just uh. It's amazing, you know, to be part of a church that, that's actually going after God, who is doing great things for the Lord. And, um, and just to see just the young people, you know, just get so on fire for God and, and to be unashamed of, of what God has done in their lives and to go forth and, and just be so bold. You know, we received a very, um, an awesome compliment the other day. One of our professors was here, uh, at, um, Elevate. She came and, um, she told, uh, she told us during class, uh, she was talking about boldness. And she said, well, that's one thing the Chicago team over there does not lack is boldness. Just being with Chicago for an hour or two, she knew what we were about. She knew that we, you know, this is what we do. This is our life. It's what we called, and we are not ashamed of that. And I just think that's, that's a beautiful thing. It's good to, to be known that way. It's a good reputation to have. And I believe that every Christian should have that, not just Metro Praise. And it, just, it shouldn't be something that's out of the norm. You understand? And again, it shouldn't just be the youth. It shouldn't just be the young adults. It should be everybody. Um, so we're going to turn to John 20:19. But before we start reading that, I want to tell you that this message is for you. And this message is for me. All right, so many times I come to church and I'm just like, you know, I listen to the message and, and I say to myself, man, that message was so good for so-and-so. You know, that message would have been so good for my mom. If my mom would have been here, man, that message would have been so good for her. And, and I feel the Lord telling me, um, hello, that message was for you. You know what I'm saying? Like, who am I to think that, that, um, that I'm any better than anybody else? I need to receive the word of God just as much as everybody else does. And just like Nancy quoted the scripture today, you know, the word of God is alive and active. So you can always learn something new you always when you read the word of god when you listen to the word of god your faith grows just the other day i was talking to a friend and he was reading the word and i said oh you know let me know what you learned and he texted me back sorry i couldn't text anything i didn't learn anything i'm like what you were reading the word of god how did you not learn anything so that's the thing today i want you to listen i want your eyes to be open your your, the eyes of your heart to be open to to learn to understand to receive something today and I'm not to go away from here empty-handed. When you come to the Word, you're supposed to eat. It's, it's the food. It's something you, you eat. You feast on it. You receive and you're nourished by the Word of God. So today, receive. Not from me, but from the Holy Spirit. Receive from the Word of God, from the living Word of God. All right? So here we go. I'm going to try to read this to you. John chapter 20, verse 19. If I can find it. Okay. Jesus appears to his disciples. On the evening of that first day of the week, when the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands inside. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Again, Jesus said, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. 
And with that, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone his sins, they are forgiven. If you do not forgive them their sins, they are not forgiven. All right. So Jesus appears to Thomas. Now, Thomas was called Didymus, one of the twelve, was not with the disciples when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But he said, Unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my finger where the nails were and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. A week later, his disciples were in the house again, and Thomas was with them. Though the doors were locked, Jesus came in and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here, see my hands, reach out your hand and put it into my side. Stop doubting and believe. Thomas said to him, My Lord and my God. Then Jesus told him, Because you have seen, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen, yet have believed. Jesus did many other miraculous signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not recorded in this book. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. Hallelujah. Amen. We have life in the name of Jesus Christ. Isn't that amazing? That's beautiful, man. I read this, and it just says so much. There's so much to gain from this passage. And and number one, man, the disciples... You know, they've they've just gone through this tragic thing. They've lost their leader. Can you imagine coming to church and and not finding Pastor Joe here any longer? Like, he's the one. We follow him. We follow. We imitate his faith. And the disciples here, following Jesus Christ, you know, following him for three years, learning from him, receiving from him, have just lost him, have just seen him been murdered, executed on a cross, be humiliated, their leader. Can you imagine that? Just try to put yourself in their shoes, okay? Jesus Christ has just died, and the disciples here are in a room, and they're scared. They're afraid of the Jews who are going to come, who are going to come and attack them, maybe persecute them, do the same thing that they did to Jesus Christ, and they're afraid. But Jesus comes in, and he says, peace be with you. He comes, and he enters the room. The door's still being locked. He enters the room. Who knows? Jesus can do that, you know. He comes into the room, and he says, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I am sending you. He, said, he breathes on them and says, receive the Holy Spirit. See, the word breathe here is only found in one other place in, in the Bible, and that's in the Old Testament. And the word breathe means to give new life. When Jesus breathed into them, he gave them new life. He said, receive the Holy Spirit. See, this is, this is considered a born-again experience the disciples have just experienced here. They believed Jesus Christ. They saw him. They, they realized that he really did rise from the dead. And they received him, and, and it was a new life. They were new creations. And they saw Jesus, and, and he said, look, look at my hands, and it's really me. And what do they do? They, they, then they believe after they see, right? So he has to show them. And what do they do? When you find, when you find yourself in a situation where, where you know you've heard God's voice, what do you do? You run to someone and you tell them, right? I know I always go to Nancy and I go to Rachel. and I'm like, man, I know God just showed me this and I'm so excited. Or, or I had this dream and I'm so excited. And you get excited, right, when you know that God has just talked to you. And you want to tell the world, like, man, you just got to know. And if you don't know him, you got to know him. And, and you just get so excited, right, when you know you've seen God, when you know that you've heard his voice. So what do they do? They go to Thomas because Thomas is a brother of theirs, right? He's a brother in Christ. And, and they tell him, man, Thomas, you missed it. Where were you? You know, like Jesus came. 
I don't, what are you talking about? Jesus, he died. He left us. What do you mean? You know, unless I see it with my own eyes and touch with my own hands, I will not believe. So here he's putting his own terms. I'll believe if I see him. I'm not going to believe your testimony. Now, Thomas, he was a disciple. He walked with Jesus for three years. He was with these brothers and these sisters telling him, and now all of a sudden these, these men and women are untrustworthy. And he says, I have to see for myself in order to believe. I have to experience it for myself. Your testimony doesn't mean anything to me. How many of you know a Thomas? Do you know a Thomas? Vanessa and I just met a Thomas the other day. We went into Starbucks, and Vanessa asked the girl, what's it going to take for you to believe? I have to see. I have to see, and that's the problem with this world, that we have to see in order to believe. See, it's not by faith anymore that we believe in God. It's not by faith. It's by I have to see. God has to prove to me who he is in order for me to bow down to him. God has to show me what he's capable of in order for me to come, in order for me to humble myself before him. God has to show me in order for me to change. Because right now, you know, the bars and the clubs, you know, they show me. I can feel. I can see that. You know, my husband fulfills me in every way. I can feel and see him. How many of you know a Thomas? How many of you are a Thomas? Jesus came for a purpose that day. After his death, he resurrected to fulfill scripture. He resurrected to prove to people who he was. He resurrected to come and talk to his disciples and tell them there's a purpose in your life. He says, just as the Father has sent me, so I am sending you. But when Jesus came, he didn't find that. He found doubt. He found disbelief. But thank God for his love and his mercy. Thank God that God's plan will be done and will be carried out. Because he says, look here. See, when, when Jesus came, where is the passage at? A week later, his disciples were in the house again. Verse 26. And Thomas was with them. The doors were locked and Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here, see my hands, reach out your hand, put it into my side and stop doubting. See, many times God comes to us, we, we doubt and we doubt, and God comes and he speaks to us. Though he doesn't have to reveal himself to us, he does. Though he doesn't have to come and call you, though he doesn't have to come and send men and women of God to talk to you and knock on your door, he does because he loves you, because he wants you, because there is a purpose in your life that needs to be carried out, because he did not save you to come into this church, to leave these chairs nice and warm. He did not save you to come into this church and just be a nice person and just be a good person he saved you for a purpose in your life and we doubt and doubt gets in the way and i i know i doubt sometimes i know everybody in this place doubts and i'm not any better but it's not wrong to doubt because when you doubt your faith grows your your ground is shaken but you understand that you are standing on the rock which is jesus christ and you cannot fall and you cannot fail but when you doubt what you need to do is be led by the spirit of god by the spirit of truth to take you, to lead you, to give you understanding. When you doubt, this is where you come to a place where, where you get on your knees and you cry out to God and you say, I need you, Lord, and I don't understand what's going on around me, but I need you and I need you to teach me. Because you, like Thomas, and I know everybody in this room has experienced God. I know everyone in this room has felt his presence, has seen him move in your lives. 
Many of you have been healed from pains and aches and whatever. Many of you have been set free from bondages in this place. But when it gets hard, when we can't feel Jesus, we say, where is he? And then we begin to walk away. We begin to walk away to the things that we can see, to the things that we can feel. We begin to walk away to our jobs and to our education and to our family members and to our friends. And they don't hold the promises that God holds for us. God has a promise for you. He has given you promises. When you came to Christ, I know that there was a hunger in you, and I know that that he gave you promises, and I know that you've forgotten about them. And I know this. When you go on your walk and you're comfortable, you begin to forget about the things that God has told you. Thomas forget about the things that God told him, that Jesus Christ told him, I will come back. He told him, I will come back, and he forgot. See, in this room... We have forgotten of the things that God has told in us. We've forgotten, we've walked away, and we've been satisfied by the things of this world. And Jesus says today, reach out your hands and touch me. Reach out your hands, grab onto me. This life that we lead as Christians is by faith, and by faith only. In the eyes of this world, you're already crazy because you believe in in an invisible God. In the eyes of this world, you're already crazy. Do you understand that? You pray and you come to these altars and you worship the air and you, you say prayers and you talk to yourself in the eyes of this world. It's by faith that we do this. So what, you know, the world may think that we're crazy, but we know the God that we serve. We know that we serve the living God. Jesus will reveal himself to you because he has mercy. But how many more times is he going to have to keep telling you to come? How many more times is he going to say, here I am. Reach out and touch me. When you, There's men and women in your life who are telling you this is the road you need to take. It's because God has placed those men and women in your life. God is using them in your life to speak to you, to pour into you to bring you to a place where you can fulfill the calling that God has in your life. When you doubt, when you stay in this place where you doubt, you're wasting time. You're wasting time because maybe God has called you to go witness and preach to the teenagers, to go into the juvenile detention center. Maybe God has called you to work with the older women, to preach to your neighbor. Maybe God has called you to talk to that coworker of yours. And you're wasting time when you're in this state where you don't know where you're at. You're in between. You don't know if you you live for God or you live for this world. You are wasting time. Men and women are dying every single day. And you are watching them die. Both physically and spiritually they are dying. And because us, the church, we want to stay in this place where we doubt. We want to stay in this place where we have to, every single question has to be answered by God the way that we want it. We are wasting time. And the days are short. And Jesus Christ understood this when he said, I have come to send you out. Send them out since that day. People needed to get saved. People needed to hear the word of God. And today, people need to hear the word of God from your mouth. People need to hear you testify. People need to see it in your life. Even without the words that you speak, the way that you represent Christ, people need to see him in you. As Christians, we need to be better than the rest. And though that may sound prideful, we need to be better than the rest because we represent Jesus Christ. 
To be a Christian is not just to be part of some church. The, the disciples were first called Christians in Antioch, and it was not a good thing. They were called Christians because they were followers of Christ. Now, if you are not a follower of Christ acting like him, do not call yourself a Christian. And I say this all the time, but it is so true. If you do not represent Jesus Christ in your talk, in your speech, in the way that you dress, in the way that you act, do not call yourself a Christian. Number one reason why people do not come to Christ is hypocrisy. Be who you say you are. God is calling you to lead a pure and a holy life to represent him, to be a pure and a holy vessel. Jesus Christ rose again to give us power as Christians to be sent out into the world, to be sent out across the street and next door. And I'm speaking to every person in this room. Now, if you say you're a believer and you you would have believed Jesus right then and there because you've known God since you've grown up, and that's awesome, that's amazing. Now we're calling you to go call all the other Thomases, to go preach to all those Thomases in this world. This generation needs to see in order to believe, and you need to put an end to that. You need to preach the gospel because, like we said, the word of God is alive and active, like a double-edged sword. And when you begin to preach, it begins to minister to people. It begins to soften their hearts. So you do not rely on your own power. You rely on power of God Almighty, on the Holy Spirit. See, here Jesus said, He breathed in them, and with them they received the Holy Spirit. He didn't send them out by themselves. He didn't send them out on their own accord. He sent them out with the Holy Spirit, being led by the Spirit at all times. Now today, I'm going to ask you, are you doubting? Are you a Thomas today? I want you guys to just check your heart today, to close your eyes and, and to really think about this. Holy Spirit, we ask you to come into this place right now. We ask you, dear God, to strengthen us, Lord, to show us our weaknesses, Lord. Your word says in James that those who doubt are like a wave in the sea, blown and tossed by the wind, my King. I pray, dear God, in this place, Lord, that that we would just stand um, firm, dear God, in you and who you are, not being tossed around, dear God, by the things of this world, not being tossed around, dear God, and, and not knowing and understanding who we are in you, Lord. I pray, my King, that that you would show us, dear God, where you are calling us. Remind us of the promises that you have given us, that you have given us since day one, dear God. Remind us of the truth, Lord, that we received on the day that we accepted you, my King. Jesus, Rachel, if you can come up here on the keys. Jesus, we're going to pray today. Hallelujah, Jesus. Holy Spirit, we ask you, Lord, to minister to hearts right now. Lord, to draw us all to repentance, Lord, for forgetting you, dear God. For forgetting the purpose, dear God, was not to come, dear God, and and to give our money away. and, And the purpose was not just to look cute on a Sunday morning, my King, but was to serve you, my God, to lay down our lives for you. Forgive us of doubting you of who you are. Forgive us of doubting your power. Forgive us, my King, for forgetting, dear God, what you did on that cross and how you triumphed over death, Lord, when you rose again on that third day. Jesus, if you are in this room and you've been doubting and you're not sure where you belong and you've been doubting your calling and you've been doubting if God is even with you, 
if you've been doubting if God is even with you anymore, I'm going to ask you to come up to this altar. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would draw people near to you. I'm going to ask that you come up to this altar, that you would meet me up here, and that you would declare it to God that you want him and you want him to teach you. Although nothing else in this world was making sense. Dear God, that we would keep our eyes focused on you. Come on. If that's you, come up here and let it be known that you will not doubt anymore. Let the devil know that you are unashamed of who God is. Let the devil know that you are not his any longer. with him but you know he's called you and he sent you out but you're afraid you're afraid and you haven't gone forth and and you haven't fulfilled the things that he's called you to although he's given you many opportunities to if you are in this place i'm going to ask you to come up here and let it be known and declare it before the congregation declare it before god If you know God has called you out and he has sent you out and you are not doing anything about it, he is calling you to be discipled. He is calling you to join the ministry. He is calling you to preach to your neighbor and you have not done it. I invite you to come up here.